On today's Locked On Texan podcast, an inside look at training camp, who's practicing and who's not. Lovey Smith speaks to the media. Also, more from the wide receiver group. And has the Texans done themselves a disservice? What are we talking about? Find out on today's episode, Cody. Tuesday, start the show off. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm John, some sports guy, Hickman, of course, joined by Cody Davis. Before we talk Texans officially, the NFL every year they put out the top 100 list, <laughs> and uh, Brandon Cooks was not on there. Are you surprised? Brandon Cooks has more yards and TDs than Odell Beckham last year, who was ranked 90th on that list. Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. has more uh, recession receptions than Jalen Waddle, the rookie, uh, who was ranked 63rd on that list. And he also has more yards than Mike Evans as of last well last season, but no Brandon Cooks on that list. And again, this is just pointing to I guess Cody, just the <laughs> continuously continuous disrespect of maybe the most underrated player, absolutely the most underrated receiver, but maybe the most underrated player in the NFL. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not surprised. One, I wasn't expecting to see a Houston Texan on that list, unfortunately. And two, you know, you mentioned Brandon Cooks. Look, John, this is a guy who has recorded over a thousand receiving yards in six out of his eight years in the NFL. And how many Pro Bowls do he has to show for it? Zero. So it's unfortunate. No, like, so it's unfortunate, you know, like, and I've been saying that Brandon Cooks has been one of the most underrated receivers, one of the most underrated players since his time with the New Orleans Saints. And it's unfortunate, you know, I call him one of the most unappreciative wide receivers players over the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, not having a Pro Bowl is uh, shocking. I, I didn't realize that. But. Moving on to the Texans training camp and what's going on with Houston as of right now. Christian Harris, Garrett Wallow, Anthony Arclair, Farrell Brown, Tavier Thomas, all of those guys have been nursing some sort of injury. They didn't practice on Monday. However, Drew Estrada and Kevin Pierre-Lewis returned to practice. So some good sign for depth for the Houston Texans. And I think it's important for guys, if you can play, go ahead and play because Houston has a lot of competition right now, and it's kind of easier if you're not playing for them to, for them to make them, their decision, excuse me, to go ahead and move on from you. Lovey Smith talked about Graylin Arnold, uh, who's been having a, a very good camp, two good games for Houston in the first two preseason games, uh, five tackles, one sack. The last game had six tackles against the Saints. Lovey Smith said that he's gotten our attention. Graylin did some things for us last year. We played him a little bit at both the safety position, and he can also play the nickel position. Now, who just went down due to injury? Who's going to miss some time? Tavier Thomas. Tavier Thomas, right? And so you look at a player like a Graylin Arnold who is making himself 
very available because of his versatility. He mm-hmm. can play that slot corner. He can, you know, play some safety. What I like about Graylin, probably more than his cover skills, is maybe I'm over exaggerating, but he does a very good job on special teams, and that's also given him a little bit of separation from the other guys. There's no reason why Graylin Arnold should not make the Houston Texan roster, and Eric Murray does. He's, you know, thoroughly outplayed him by my standards and I think by the coaching standards <laughs> as well. So Eric Murray should not be on his roster this year. Lovey Smith also talked about the rookie fullback who also was drafted as a defensive end, Troy Harrison. Um, he said that he's caught our eye throughout camp. Versatile player, brings a lot of athletic ability. He's an excellent special teams player. Also a good lead blocker. We like a lot of the things He's done. Now, they did move on from Andy Janovich on, over the weekend. They do still have Paul Quisenberry on the roster right now. They also have Harrison on the roster right now. Because of his athletic ability and because of some of the things that he may be able to do, strictly off being a pure athlete, it wouldn't shock me if Houston kept him around for a while and then eventually, maybe sometime this year, we may end up seeing Harrison out there on the field as a lead blocker for the likes of Damian Pierce, Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Dare, whoever is at the running back position. Levy Smith also talked about Keon Green, who returned last week from a concussion. He said that he's missed a lot of time. But getting him back out there was big for us. The last couple of days he's practiced, he's done well. No lingering effects. Hopefully we'll be able to do something with him on Thursday. I thought that was really big to hear. That left side, the left guard position has been struggling. And however you want to describe it, that's how bad they've been. Green was doing a good job while he was getting some reps at left guard with Kyle Allen at at the quarterback position. So, Cody, those are some of the good things and some of the bad things that are coming out of camp right now. Jerry Hughes and Malik Collins are among veterans that we should see this Thursday as the Houston Texans take on the 49ers. And the Texans do plan to play the starters much more extensively this week in their final preseason game. So I'm very excited to see who is actually going to be listed as the starter. <laughs> yeah, and John, um, I know this is something that you really wanted to get into, but when you hear Lovey Smith saying that majority, if not all of the starters are going to play for this final preseason game, and trust me, that's not a surprise to me. But, you know, you mentioned that you feel like this franchise have did themselves a disservice by not playing majority, if not all of their starters. I'm not going to take it as far as to say they did themselves a disservice because when you take a look at Mario Addison, when you take a look at Jerry Hughes, when you take a look at Malik Collins, you're talking about three guys on that defensive front that is going to be very valuable to that defensive line unit, and their absence has not hurt the Houston Texans so far throughout these two preseason games. Once again, this is a defensive line unit that has recorded 11 sacks over their two preseason games. However, in terms of what I feel the Houston Texans did do a disservice to themselves, I look at it, of course, on the offensive side of the ball. We talked about it on yesterday. Davis Mills did not look good in the first half in the Houston Texans preseason victory against the Los Angeles Rams. And we know that other teams that they have been playing against, the New Orleans Saints and the Los Angeles Rams, they did not go out there with their top players at hardly none of their position groups. However, when you hear 
Davis Mills say this. When you hear Philip Dorsett, we had, I had an opportunity to ask Philip Dorsett about this, uh, about the possibility of Pep Hamilton and this offense and, and this offensive team not showing their cards too much throughout the preseason. I feel like that is where the Houston Texans actually did themselves a disservice because at the end of the day, you are still going out there with a second-year quarterback who is still trying to prove his worth. Once again, beyond the 2022 campaign, and not only that, with a new offensive coordinator who is trying to establish himself, I think it would have been in the Houston Texans' best interest to at least practice half of what they are cooking up on that offensive side of the ball. I don't like that. I think that is where the Houston Texans actually made their biggest disservice. And look, I'll, I said this earlier before preseason started. I do not want the Houston Texans to go out there for the very first time and try to do something phenomenal against the, the Indianapolis Colts. And because you did not get that practice outside of guys who are not in that locker room, it becomes a failure. Yeah, Cody, and you basically to what I wanted to get at. I didn't like the fact that we didn't get an opportunity to see Brandon Cooks or Larry Tunsil out on the field. I also didn't like the fact that after one preseason game, Damian Pierce was basically just done, right? And, and <laughs> I get it. I understand Houston is carrying. Uh, we have Mac, We have Pierce. We have Rex Burkhead. We have Dare. We have Royce Freeman. Right now, Houston has five running backs on their roster. So getting those guys, their opportunity and touches means a lot. However, well, you don't have your best out there at offensive line, right? Larry Tunsil hasn't taken any snap, which normally doesn't happen in preseason. But that's for teams that may be coming off a playoff high. That's hmm. for teams that may be coming off winning the division and maybe making the push or things of that nature, right? I would have liked to see Damian Pierce, Marlon Mack, uh, Royce Freeman, who I do owe some apologies to. Royce Freeman has done some good things so far in preseason. Nothing spectacular, but he's done some good things. But those guys are not running behind that left side, which we presumably would be for the future for this upcoming season, at least, Larry Tunsil and Kenyon Green. Tunsil hasn't played in a preseason game. Green has been out with an injury. Um, we also look at Cooks. I think that you want to evaluate what you're able to do in the passing game with your second-year quarterback. Your next best wide receiver is also a second-year player. It's good to get the veteran out there and Brandon Cooks. That can allow you to open up the offense and get guys more involved to see what Philip Dorsett can do in this offense, which he's done some good things in other players. So I haven't liked that. And, again, I really wish we would have got more of Damian Pierce. Maybe he would have fought through some adversity we needed to see. Overall, I think Houston has done them done themselves a disservice because they're trying to hold back too much. Well, we were still working on some things. We have some things you guys haven't saw. Um, again, I, I don't think that they've tried to. So credit to Pep Hamilton and Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll and Kyle Allen, who's ever been a quarterback. They've tried to get Brevin Jordan involved. He's had a couple of catches, a couple of drops. He's done a better job as a blocker, so I want, want to give him kudos. But this – Keeping it, everything under wraps. This is preseason. <laughs> and this is preseason with a team that's going through a rebuild. Right? So under wraps that you have, I think it would be good to put it out there. Right? So those guys comfortable doing these, the, the special, whatever you're working on, in an NFL game against players that doesn't wear 
the Texans jersey. Uh, I think that's why they've done themselves a disservice. However, we've seen some good things out of Houston. I think to highlight the best things we've seen out of Houston has been the defense. Shout out to Kamu Grugier Hill. Uh, he had a good game on Friday. I talked about that. He only allowed two catches on three targets for seven yards. I just wanted to mention that because he's done a very good job. I think it's very important to mention there is some players on the bubble on these NFL teams. And I'm looking at the running back position. Trey Sermon, Justin Jackson, Antonio Gibson. Three running backs that are on mm. the bubble right now. Kenyon Drake was also released earlier by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. We look at this running back position. Marlon Mack, a million dollars dead money if Houston cuts him today. 1.8 dead money for Rex Burkhead. 1 million for Royce Freeman. We can lock in Damian Pierce. But between Rex Burkhead and Royce Freeman, even Marlon Mack to a sense, would, would a younger back in Trey Sermon be more helpful? Would, a, would a Antonio Gibson, who's a 1,000-yard rusher in the NFL, what would he be able to do pairing with Damian Pierce? These are just some important things to think about. I do think Houston will eventually add players once cut season goes down, uh, and they'll move on from some of these guys as well. I just wanted to put that out there for today's show. Locked on Texans listeners, I want to let you guys know about AG1 Athletic Green. You may be asking, what is this? Well, with just one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins whole food source superfood and adaptogen to help you start your day the right way. The special blend of ingredients support gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things with AG1. It's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free. It contains one less than 1 gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. Wow, doing a good job of tasting great. Like, I like it. A lot of these products, they have a very bad aftertaste. AG1 goes down incredibly smooth, super cheap, super affordable. Also, right now, to make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance today. Thank you guys for making Locked On Texans your first listen. It's Fantasy Draft Week on the Locked On Podcast Network. However, you play experts from Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty Football. They'll bring you the daily positional top 10 list to get you ready for this season. Find Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty Football on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I would say a lot of it. Um, I mean, obviously in the preseason, you don't want to show your best stuff. Um, I, and Brandon hasn't even played yet, so it's, you know what I'm saying, we're not showing a lot. Um, so you, you got to keep a lot of it secret. I mean, you, you always got the Colts are going to be watching. Um, so, I mean, we're going to open it up eventually, but uh, not yet. And that was Houston Texans wide receiver Philip Dorsett. I had an opportunity to ask him how much of this offense we have not seen throughout preseason. And you guys heard him say, you know, 
It's preseason. You don't want to show your best stuff. And I 100% agree with John. As we talked about in the first segment, I believe that it would have been in the Houston Texas best interest to at least just play around with some of the things that they are working on. Because as I mentioned, you don't want the very first time you going out there trying something new week one against the Indianapolis Colts when these games actually count. But you know, you guys heard him say it. one of the things about this offense that we cannot look past is the fact that they have not had Brandon Cooks out there throughout these first two preseason games. And by the way, John, listeners and viewers, yesterday at practice, Brandon Cooks, he showcased why he's very important to this offense. This is a guy, and yesterday, according to my notes, he had about seven or eight catches and he was blowing past Stingley. He was blowing past Nelson. And I'm pointing those two guys out on purpose because over the last couple of weeks, it seems like Brandon Cooks, it was a little bit hard for him to find his rhythm throughout practice because Nelson and Stingley was doing a very good job doing one-on-ones. But on yesterday, Brandon Cooks wasn't playing no type of games. I cannot wait to see him on Thursday against the San Francisco 49ers. However, in terms of this offense, the one bright spot that we saw during the Texans' win against the Los Angeles Rams on Friday was Nico Collins. And John, everything that you and I have been talking about throughout training camp, how fast Collins is coming off the line of scrimmage, the way he is able to win those one-on-one battles, especially in the red zone. And I do believe that touchdown that he was able to record to end that first half is the best example of Nico Collins using that six foot four stature in the red zone, and I'm hoping that we are able to see that throughout the off throughout throughout the season. However, when you, when you look at Nico Collins, I do believe if this was a regular season game, we probably would have been raving about him having a career day. You're talking about a guy throughout the first half; he had four catches for 48 yards. John. With what you know about Brandon Cooks, what we've seen out of Nico Collins through our training camp and preseason, do you think this Houston Texans offense have an opportunity to take this tremendous step forward? No. <laughs> right now. I mean, listen, this is only preseason game two. We got three on Thursday. But, again, in the first topic, I mean, conversation we just had, you know, I, I had an issue with not being able to see the full first team out on the field at, at one time. Mm-hmm. And that includes blocking for Davis Mills. That includes your running backs and who whoever it will be. That includes whether or not that running back is going to hit that open hole, which Marlon Mack didn't do at times throughout the game on Friday. That includes whether or not Chris Conley is going to drive back and make plays for a young quarterback. All of these things are included. We haven't seen it. I think that there are some Texans on this offense that could do themselves a favor this year, like like Nico. Like if Nico goes out there 800 plus yards and he hovers around five or six touchdowns in year two, then that's a good thing for Nico. Doesn't necessarily mean like the offense is really just potent. Just, he's, he's having a good season, his second year, uh, and I think that we will see some individual good seasons from a lot of these Texan players. But to say, do I think that it will be offensively? Because I, I do – I am starting to lean towards this defense a little bit. Like, they are putting <laughs> together uh, a great efforts in the first two games and throughout practice and training camp. But mm-hmm. for the offense, I'm not 100% sold yet. There's been times where – and because that they're trying to hide some things, there's been times where it looks very 
you know, TK-ish, right? Uh, and, but, it's, but it's preseason. Like, Houston has 17 games for me to believe in Davis Mills and in, in, in the future of this Texan offense and Pep Hamilton and the future of this Texan offense. So, no. But I do want to mention that they will look better with Brandon Cooks out on the field. No, no, no question. For Houston, they have to find out who their wide receiver three will be. I think from what we've seen, it will be uh, Philip Dorsett. Philip Dorsett, because mm. of his speed, he's able to play inside and out, so he's interchangeable. That may help you in certain formations and certain lineups. I'm curious to see how Houston will really utilize Brevin Jordan in this offense as well. So when I look at a, a Philip Dorsett and I look at a, a Brevin Jordan, those are the two guys where I'm expecting for Houston to really allow them to get out into some open space, uh, you know, allow the offense to come to them, and then they'll be able to make a move. Or so Philip Dorsett just has been looking good. Has some injury issues whenever he came down here, Houston. But whenever he's been on the field, practice or the game, he's been able to make some plays. And one thing that I know you guys are overlooking is how well Philip Dorsett has been blocking downfield. Small mm-hmm. things matter. I still believe that once they get a run game, that this offense will lean heavy at some point throughout their season on the running backs. So the small details matter. And I've liked it out of Philip Dorsett so far. And speaking on Philip Dorsett, you know, I am high on Dorsett. John, I want to ask you this question. I want your honest opinion. With the emergence of Dorsett, you're talking about a guy on Friday. He had 48 yards on three catches by playing the first half. And you're also talking about a guy who only played two games last season with the Houston Texans, had six catches for 107 yards. With that being said, and we already know the story about John Mechie and, you know, the lackluster wide receiving core, but with the emergence of Philip Dorsett and what he what he has been able to do throughout his career, would you or would you not be okay if Nick Casario does not, do not go out and sign another wide receiver? <laughs> Let me, first of all, I rarely do this. Let me attack the word emergence. Emergence would be if Philip Dorsett came out and had a Victor Cruz type of preseason. Philip uh, Dorsett has just been doing his job. Uh, and I like Dorsett. I think that he can be very, you know, good for Houston. I even argued earlier that uh, I think, was it Albert Wilson? Or, no, Tavon Austin got released. And I would like Texan fans, no. And it was like, why not? He can, and I'm like, <laughs> whatever you want Tavon Austin to do. Philip Dorsett can do that. By the way, Tavon ran a 4-3-4. Four, four. Philip Dorsett ran a 4-3-3. Three, three. So, you know, speed, we can do that. But it would be a disservice if Nick Casario doesn't go out once guys are cut and released or whatever, doesn't go out and find talent that is will make this roster better. So if they just decide to, because he's doing good right now, not to – no, that's – that's I, I think that's uh, – it's. If, if you're going to do play that game like that, then guys, be ready to be in a long rebuild process. I don't think that's ideal for Nick Casario. Uh, and I don't think because of how good he's been throughout camp and these two games, speaking of Philip Dorsett, that that means Houston should just completely turn their heads to a problem that they don't have a lot of talent at that wide receiver group. They have guys who we like. Hey, I like Jalen Kemp, but – Jalen Kemp is a second-year wide receiver who played at Georgia Tech, didn't get a lot of catches in college, and he's still trying to figure out his role here in Houston. 
Uh, same goes for Johnny Johnson. Had a very both of those guys had a very good game one and disappeared game two. Like wasn't there. So no, because of Philip Dorsett, that allows you to evaluate your wide receiver roster and maybe look at the things that you want to get better at that can help you go find a player out there that can help you do those things. But if 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 Casario doesn't at least attempt to find more help at the wide receiver and running back group, then I think that'd be laughable. And I think we may need to prepare ourselves to laugh. As you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to make your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help find you the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL Network, Locked On NFL Network. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL Network to post your free job. Again, guys, thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen. Now make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. And continuing here with this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, I guess it is time for us to introduce a new segment called what the hell is going on in them Twitter streets led by John Hickman. And I said that because for some reason over the past 24, 48 hours, John has just been wilding out in them Texas <laughs> Twitter streets. And John, the first tweet, Keon Drake, can you explain that? Yeah. So Tom Pelissero, the first time I saw that Keon Drake Keon Drake was uh, getting released by the Raiders. Uh, I quote tweeted it and said, Texan fans, yes. Well, maybe. Because every time a player gets released, let's talk about the Texan fan base. Every time there's a player that get released, the Texan fans immediately <laughs> want it. Yes, bring him in, Nick Casario, make the call, whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. But then, Keon Drake, and I was like, maybe, yes. <laughs> The reason why I said maybe yes isn't because I don't think that Keon Drake doesn't have the talent. That's not the truth. I think that we have to really look and see the relationship between Rex Burkhead and the Houston Texans. Because, oh. listen, I don't think Keon Drake is worth bringing in if Houston is going to keep him. Uh, also, when you look at the, you know, if we're talking about a third maybe, you know, third, maybe fourth option at running back, if we're talking about that position, because if Keon Drake comes in, maybe he beats out someone against number two, but with no camp with this team, I don't see it. Then he's going to be RB3, 
And Dore has been having a hell of a camp. And Dore has been having some good preseason moments. So I said, mm, maybe because if you keep Rex Burkhead and Dore around, then there's no need for him. Right? But if you move on, mainly really if you move on from Dore, then you would look at maybe bringing in Keon Drake because he'd be able to kind of give you some things differently in the backfield that Marlon Mack just won't give you. And we haven't seen Damian Pierce be utilized in that way. So I think the relationship between Burkhead and what Houston really wants to do with Dare, I don't want to move on from Dare for Kenyon uh, Kenyon Drake. I think that Houston should keep him. He's a cheaper player right now. Uh, He's not making a lot of money. He's effective on special teams. Maybe you can use him in a return game. And I just think that because he's been here since day one of this year, uh, training camp and OTAs, since he's been here, he knows his playbook more than what Kenyon Drake will. And that gives you an added chemistry boost, you know, uh, VC or whatever that you probably have with Davis Mills. That's why I said that. But I also do believe that the Texan fans would just lose their lose their left nut. <laughs> they give it away to Philly for Gardner Minshew. Some of those guys will salivate over Gardner Minshew as a Houston Texan. You guys know it. Y'all want everybody. Y'all know y'all would love some Gardner Minshew here in Houston. Well, like, uh, first off, remember, that was an idea I played around with last year in terms of getting yourself a quality bridge quarterback and not going to Tyrod Taylor right now. As of right now, I'm pretty sure you guys know, but for, for those of you guys who don't know, Gardner Minshew is a backup quarterback for Jalen Hurts for Philadelphia. A very want... good preseason. Oh, my. Him and Josh right? Dobbs <laughs> put on a show in a preseason game, the best preseason game I have seen in a very long time. I want you to explain this Gardner Minshew statement a little bit more because if this was the Houston Texans last year, like I mentioned, I actually played around with this idea and I wanted to see it because I felt that it would have gave the Houston Texans more so of a quality bridge quarterback other than that fiasco that that took place with the whole Tyrod Taylor. However, because next year's draft class is pretty good, with the talent that's coming out at quarterback. And you have a young guy in Davis Mills. And as you and I talk about a lot here on this show, if he does great, perfect. You have a quarterback for the future. If he does bad, okay, it's time to move on. You gave him a fair chance, whatever the case might be. But, John, in terms of Gardner Minshew, I would not like to see it because I feel like if, for the sake of this argument, Texans bring Minshew in, he he's always been a decent quarterback. I don't think he'll get the organization to a point where they would have to draft a quarterback. And I just think it'll just be it, – it, it'll just cause too much net mess. And I think as of right now in terms of the plan that this organization has at that position, it's it's a pretty good plan. Why, Gardner Minshew? <laughs> Is that your question? Well, yes. because I know this fan base. And you know what Gardner Minshew <laughs> has that Davis Mills doesn't have? What experience? He has character. Oh, yeah. He has character. <laughs> he has Gardner Minshew is a guy that w- make other guys feel like oh, he's cool, right? And I think Gardner Minshew can do some good things as a quarterback. We've seen him do it before. Mm-hmm. I like Gardner Minshew, but I think Texan fans would convince themselves that he's a franchise quarterback. And some of those guys won't do that. A lot of them won't do that for Davis Mills. Some of those guys still want to show Watson back, right? Hey, that um, damn show so ain't happening. When I say that there are some Texan fans out there 
that would love the idea for Gardner Minshew, consider this. I'm also talking about a large group of those guys that still want Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, they would want anybody right now that's cool and can kind of maybe sell tickets and get fans excited. Davis Mills doesn't do that. That's fair. Yet. As of yet. Well, as of, as yet. of yet. I know I've been critical the, the last couple of days, but I'm not giving up. We'll see. He, But he doesn't have the personality. You see the Texans are trying to make a thumbs up cool, the social media. Like, like that – Gardner Minshew would, would be able to get a beer sponsorship and that beer sale, though, like those sales in Houston will skyrocket. We'll drink a beer with Gardner Minshew. Davis Mills doesn't do that. Davis Mills is a is a wine drinker, you know, pair his steak with, you know, a nice wine and nice Riesling. That's Davis Mills. That thumbs, thumbs up. up. Thumbs no. up. I'm rocking with the thumbs up till the wheel fall off. And right okay. now the wheel's kind of shaky. I ain't yeah, gonna I lie. See how you driving. <laughs> Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. 2K! Be sure to, to subscribe to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube under Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.